It's A.J. Fernandez week on the Cigar Dave Show. Our guests, Omar Fernandez and Frank Santos of A.J. Fernandez Cigars. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. By New World from A.J. Fernandez. There's a new world for every palate. From the mild New World Connecticut to the medium New World Cameroon to the ultra-flavorful, bold New World Oscuro. AJFCigars.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Real. Connecticut wrapper comes to Gurkha. Mild, creamy, and smooth. GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with The General. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio, always pleasure. Make America great again and make masculinity great again. Today on the Cigar Day podcast, we are welcomed by two key members of the A.J. Fernandez Cigar Team. We've got Omar Fernandez, the Director of Operations, Frank Santos, Director of Marketing, joining us from their Doral, Florida headquarters. Gentlemen, great to have you on the Cigar Day podcast. Thanks for having us, Dave. Long, a- here. Long ashes, General. Back at you, Frankie. Now, I should say that uh, the last time we saw each other was right around the end of June. I had a nice trip down to South Florida, and we spent uh, about an hour together and smoked some great cigars. And unfortunately, you invited me for lunch, so I have to thank you for the hospitality. I could not stay, but you gave me some very nice parting gifts. And, you know, it's interesting because A.J. Fernandez, I remember the first time that I even heard the name A.J. Fernandez, and it was from our mutual friend Rocky Patel. And A.J. was up in Naples. This has got to be, I'm thinking, at least 12 years ago, maybe a little bit more. We all went to lunch, and Rocky's like, yeah, I've got this guy that's going to make some cigars for us. Nobody knew who A.J. was at the time, but he has uh, certainly, his, his name recognition in the cigar industry has exploded, his his operation has exploded so let's talk before we get into both of your backgrounds let's talk a little bit about the aj fernandez story because today aj fernandez is just eponymous with great cigars great cigar tobacco in fact so much so that many other cigar manufacturers are relying on aj to make some of their brands that is absolutely correct and you know it's uh it's almost like he stormed onto the scene and, and these other cigar manufacturers and cigar brands come to him because, as our model says, passion, discipline, and great tobacco, it starts with that passion. He has the passion. He has the discipline. He's invested and reinvested and reinvested in farms and, and in developing his craft, and he's just a perfectionist. And, and when, you, when you've got all those things put together, uh, you're usually going to have a really good outcome, and in, in his case, it's a really great outcome. Now, he's, he was born in Cuba, raised in Cuba. His father, Ishmael, I believe, was in the cigar business first, correct? Yes, that's correct. And uh, he actually left Cuba first and was with the uh, Placencia family. And then when AJ was able to go over and uh, from Cuba to, to Nicaragua, uh, that's when his father then united with him. And then AJ started, uh, did, did he start working with Placencia or did AJ immediately start on his own? No, AJ started on his own and uh, started making relationships and 
you know, very, very, very humble beginnings, tiny little factory. I've seen some pictures of it's basically a, a house. And right. um, that's where he got to know some people and he got to know Rocky Patel amongst others. And and um, in a very short period of time, uh, he has been able to develop a and grow an empire down there with an impeccable reputation. Well, it's it's amazing because you, you hit it right on the head, you know, that he started in a house not rolling millions of cigars right off the bat. I remember Rocky telling me, he said, look, I met this guy, AJ, and I'm going to start, uh, you know, he gave me some cigars to try, and we we love them. He said, you know, Rocky Gents, Ignition. Was, I, I wouldn't know, even call it a house. I call it a shed, if you ever see the picture. A shed? Okay, there you go. Okay, well, there you go. So it certainly wasn't, let's put it this way, it wasn't as palatial and as large as the AJ Fernandez factory today. At all. Down in Esteli. Not even close. Okay. No. And so, but I remember I was in the Rocky Patel offices in Naples, and a box comes up, and uh, Nimish comes in the conference room, and he said, Hey, uh, AJ just sent us some of these cigars to try. So let's open them up and let's see. And if there were maybe a hundred cigars, that was probably, uh, that was probably a lot. And we, open them up, smoke them. And I looked at these guys and I said, these cigars are fantastic. These are great. And Rocky said to me, this, we found this kid. He's a young guy making cigars, not big at all. We're going to, you know, finance him a little bit. We're going to get some good tobacco for him. We're going to have him make some of our cigars. And really the rest is history. And that was, I think what, 12, 15 years ago, something like that, Omar. Yeah, just, just about, um, maybe a, a touch more. And, and, and from those humble beginnings, he started with, with the desire to really make an excellent, excellent cigar. And he stayed true to what he had learned in Cuba, what he had learned from his father. And he never, you know, veered from that. Does he use new techniques and technology um, to perfect those, those old uh, tried and true methods? Absolutely. And that's what the success has allowed him to do is to to advance and, and to experiment and try new things that um, maybe others had tried before and failed. But uh, maybe technology or or whatever has developed. And and now he has uh, been able to 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 grow to where he's at now and, and, and continues to grow. Well, let's talk about the factory today and the operation today, because not only. Does A.J. Fernandez have a humongous factory, but he's got multiple farms where he grows outstanding cigar tobaccos. So let's talk about the the factory first, because it is palatial and it is extremely modern uh, by cigar industry standards. Yeah, it certainly is. It's uh, The main factory is in Esteli, Nicaragua. It's just down the street from his house, and um, it he built it from the ground up the way he wanted it. He's expanded on it. And uh, just a few years ago, he was able to acquire another factory, which he has expanded immensely as well, just north, about 70 kilometers north in Totogalpa. And that place is becoming just a nut. I, I think it's going to be bigger by the time he's done uh, growing that factory. And uh, that has allowed him to, to, to spread his wings, so to speak, because he's growing all over the country. Um, I forget, Frankie, how many farms now? Uh, last count, I think it was either 13 or 14. Yeah, 13, 14. Wow. That could change by next week. I, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it if it does because that's where, you know, that's where AJ uh, invests his money. It's in his tobacco. It's in his land. It's in that infrastructure because he's a, he's, he, he doesn't uh, invest in, 
and buying box factories. He's not a carpenter. He doesn't have a passion for that. He invests right. in tobacco. Uh, that's where his passion is. That's what he knows how to develop it from a seed all the way to the amazing cigars we get to enjoy, especially in his core portfolio. Also, Omar, Dave, uh, yeah, if, you ahead, get a, if you get a chance to visit the new factory, uh, Omar, I think it's what about an hour and a half or two hours north. However, depends, depends who's driving. Depends, depends who's driving. driving. If you're if you're if you're in an F1 car with AJ, you'll you'll get there right. in about an hour instead of two hours. We you call it the right. uh, the Nicaraguan Autobahn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. I th I thought I was gonna when I visit. That's gonna be Air Fernandez One, the helicopter that'll take us to the new factory. Oh, don't, don't give him ideas. Don't give him any oh, ideas. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, that, did you that, say the new factory's in Tegucigalpa? No. No, in Totogalpa. Just oh, Cocobab. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's still in Nicaragua because I thought I heard That's the Galpa correct. part. So I said, wait a minute, is AJ expanding into Honduras, which which would surprise me. Uh, so so he's got the second factory now. And is is the capacity needed because of not only the brands under the AJ Fernandez banner, but because all these other cigar manufacturers have lined up to have AJ manufacture their cigars? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a combination of the two. Um, you know, he's making... Uh, you know, some of the biggest names in the industry, names that he grew up as a child in Cuba, uh, household names around the world. And he's now has his name associated. And in some cases, his name is on those cigar bands. Um, and it's a great honor for him. And that is doing very well. But on top of that, his portfolio of brands that he owns that we distribute here out of Miami um, is growing as well. And, and those are the you know what he calls his babies those are his bread and butter that's what he blended and designed in it and he has the uh the full i guess uh creative uh freedom to to release and that's the new world and the last calls and the bias artists and all those brands so yes yeah, a combination of, of the two and, and guys just well, to make it official for all the listeners uh when we say the, the brands that aj owns and distributes it's pretty much diaz de gloria san lotano enclave new world Last Call and Bayas Artists. Those are the brands that AJ owns and distributes. And we will get into the entire AJ Fernandez portfolio uh, in another a, a podcast, Cigar Dave podcast, later this week because I want to spend time exploring that. And then also in the next podcast edition, we'll also talk about some of the releases over the last year and maybe some other things you have planned in the works. But I want to talk about very quickly before we, we get into your backgrounds, Last Call. That's an interesting story. By the way, Frankie, thanks so much for sending me a box of Last Call. I'm still waiting. It's been a month and I'm still waiting. I have one left and I'm going to light it up right now. But that's an interesting story about Last Call and how that cigar brand really wasn't ever intended to be released. So let's talk about that story. That's really, when we talk about a house brand, literally, that's what he would give away at the house. That was a brand that, well, it wasn't a brand, like you said. It was a, a blend that they created uh, for anyone that visited the, the, uh, the factory. And usually, uh, AJ's a real big sports fan. And when it was, uh, you know, late at night, they're watching a game and whatnot, usually said, all right, this is going to be the, the last cigar of the night. Let's make a, like, a, like a last call drink, right? Uh, right. Therefore, they had a, a short little cigar. It was like about a four and a half by 48, whatnot. And everybody loved the blend. He had two blends. He had a natural and a Maduro version. And someone finally came out with the, with a great idea. Hey, listen, let's let's release this to the public, right? Uh, and therefore, the, the last call brand was born. Uh, there's a Habano version and then there's a Maduro version with a Pennsylvania wrapper. Both are exquisite. Both are great cigars. And 
and they're doing and a great real price. Work. Yeah, great price also. Incredible price. Yep, and I have the the uh, natural. I've got the Habano Rosado Ecuador uh, for the wrapper. It's the Nicaraguan binder and filler. I'm lighting it right now as we speak, and it's delicious. It's a nice, mm, medium flavored cigar. Very nice, very pleasant. Can't go wrong. And that uh, comes in. Initially, it came, I think, in one size, and you've expanded the line in terms of adding sizes. Yes, it did. It, it actually started out with a four and a half by 48, and then they expanded to about four, five different sizes for each uh, uh, wrapper. There's a three and a half by 50, a four by 52, a five by 46, a six by 46. They all have Spanish names. Uh, right. So if you can pronounce the name, that's a plus. If you can't, just go by the, by the size and, and we'll know what you need. All right. Do I, do I pass if I say corticas? That's no, you, flying colors. Nailed flying it. colors. How about geniales? Nope. When, nope. Whenever in, in Spanish, when, when a word begins Gen- geniales, the geniales. is silent. Geniales. Geniales. Yeah. Pequeñas. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty good. Flaquitas, which is the 6x46. But I'll tell you, my favorite size is the corticas. That 4 inch by 52 is beautiful. That's a nice you know, walk the dog type of cigar, or if you just uh, get up in the morning and you want to have a cup of coffee and you don't have a lot of time, that's a beautiful stick that just I think gives that's you a lot of flavor. the one that you pronounce the best. Wait a minute. I will I will work on all my pronunciation. Fear not. By the, by the time we're together <laughs> next time, I will have exceptional pronunciation, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I mean, uh, most people say H. Upman, but I know in Spanish it's H. Upman. Yes. There you go. Yes. There you go. Bingo. Exactly. So we'll we'll get to that. All right. We are talking with Omar Fernandez, Director of Operations, Frank Santos, Director of Marketing, AJ Fernandez Cigars. Brand new cigar just launched from Camacho, where their theme is Live Loud. And the cigar that captures the essence of Live Loud is the brand new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire from the volcanic island of Ometepe that produces Cigar tobaccos with full frontal flavor, notes of sweetness, spiciness, oak, expertly crafted for those of you that want boldness, richness in a cigar. The new Camacho Nicaragua comes in three sizes, a Grand Churchill, a Toro, and a Robusto. And each of the cigars starts with an Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, and a three-country filler blend, Honduran, Dominican, and the special Nicaraguan tobacco that really sets the Camacho Nicaragua apart. It is a unique flavor profile. On a scale of 1 to 10, I say this is about a 7 to 8 in terms of intensity. But it's a well-balanced cigar, nice notes of cinnamon, of spice, very rich. It is the brand new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire. Live loud, Camacho, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Omar and Frankie, I want to talk about your background in the cigar industry. Now, Omar, I've known you relatively short amount of time. Frankie, I've known forever. Frankie's been around. Uh, but So why don't we start with you, Omar, and talk about uh, your background, uh, because you used to be a professional baseball player. Yes, I uh, played a little baseball back in the day and um, was in the minor leagues and um, wasn't was looking for I, I kind of figured it wasn't going my way it was a year after the strike in the 90s and I uh, was really passionate about cigars got involved with um, with a factory here in Miami and um, pretty much uh, opened up a brand new factory in Little Havana 
in the heart of, of Miami and, um, and developed a brand there and uh, ended up uh, selling that brand in the early 2000s. Kind of got away from the industry again, but also thought of, of coming back again and uh, met AJ years ago. And we always talked about doing something together and the timing just didn't seem right. Uh, but a year and a half ago, uh, I got the call and it was perfect timing and um and it's been a, a, a great ride i mean i i've seen this man grow uh immensely in um in the last five years really um to do things that that i don't think he even dreamed of and so uh that was my start with him uh it started out as friendship and as uh, mutual respect and and um and it's developed into a a wonderful working relationship that we get to do uh, what we're passionate at, we get to do what we're good at, and um, and it's truly a blessing. Omar, what position did you play? I was a pitcher. That's good right because the Marlins pitch, right could have used pitch. one last night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 20, oh, they gave up 29, 29 runs, runs, right? Was that the <laughs> 29 <laughs> runs, right, exactly. Only, and, and we're I, recording I this pitch. first one. <laughs> That was and, an honor the NFL pitched. starting today. That's what it was. That, exactly. And I should say that we're actually recording this on Thursday, September 10th. So on Wednesday, September 9th, they were one run short of a record. If Atlanta would have scored a 30th, it would have been an all-time major league wow. record. They probably should have had, you know, the uh, that, that after the fifth inning, basically after you scored that many runs, you just forfeit and be done with it. It just over. should be a mercy rule, yeah. Yeah, there should be a mercy rule. There's no doubt about You know what? Same thing with Biden. There should be a mercy rule because you know he's going to get whipped. So when President hey! Trump wins, we should just say, hey, it's, it's just a mercy rule. <laughs> All right. So oh, there you go. So, Omar, let's. So you, you joined uh, AJ, what, about two years ago? Almost uh, a little over a year and a half now. Okay. So AJ comes to you and says, I want you to come uh, work with me. So basically, tell us what your your job entails, director of operations, and what you've done over the last two years, because it's been just massive, explosive growth the last two years. Yeah. It's, well, it's, well so, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but many times when Omar's mad, he throws fastballs at us. That's why it's kind of scary working here. But. <laughs> it's better than the curveballs, but there uh, you go. It's interesting. It's a, my title, I guess, uh, uh, is is all encompassing. And uh, I'd like to uh, think that I'm involved in, in almost every aspect. I've got a, been able to assemble a good team here, um, not only in our sales force. I think we have uh, the best sales force in the industry by far. And we have a really good team assembled. The operations here, the warehouse, the, the, uh, the support staff who is here in Miami to support the efforts that our, that our, that our sales reps are doing out in the, in the road. And we're here basically to give support to every retailer a partner that we have around the country uh, to to distribute and grow the you know and, and distribute the best cigars in the world, and um, so it, I'm involved in a lot of the different aspects. I'm glad that uh, Frankie's here to to help me out and be my so-called right hand man um, because we uh, we have a a very a very particular but almost the same view, and uh, it's you know. He doesn't get a lot of fastballs, so we really don't disagree on much. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and really, I think, you know, Omar, my impression is probably you're more the general manager type because you really oversee primarily, you know, all departments, all aspects of the distribution of the A.J. Fernandez brands in the United States. Yeah, if you will. You know, we're, we're really not big on, on titles and whatnot, and and it's just one that, that, uh, that stuck and, 
and uh, and we've gone with that, you know, and it, it's not indicative of, of the, the work that we do. You know, Frankie is sales and marketing, but we do so much more. Um, one, because we have the knowledge and, and we can and we enjoy it and, and it's it's we're passionate about it. Now, uh, Frankie, you and I have known each other forever, going back yes. to uh, other other cigar companies way back. So why don't we talk about your history, how you ended up in the cigar industry? Well, my path was almost uh, like Omar's, except I never made it to any major league. I thought I was a great basketball player. Uh, but uh, one day, my uncle, which is Carlos Torano, and that's how I got into the business, before I was I didn't know that. Business, you know, I never knew yes. that. Well, yeah. He, uh, I never he invited me to, he invited me to lunch and he told me, he goes, I, I want to tell you something and it might hurt you, but it's the truth. You're not going to make it anywhere in basketball. <laughs> and I could uh, see Carlos saying that. Okay. He was definitely brutally honest. I could see him saying that, but, but you do have a chance at working uh, in the cigar business with me. And I said, cigars, really? I, I, at that point, I didn't even know there were different brands. I was that guy that thought, Oh, well, do you sell Cohibas? That, that was my answer to him. And he, and he said, Oh, geez. He said, no, 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 no. Um, you know, come to the office and I'm going to show you the ropes. Uh, I thought I was going to walk in as a VP, right? I said, well, you know what? Huh. I'm, the, I'm the nephew of Carlos Tarano. I had just graduated from college, this and that and whatever. He leads me to, uh, to he introduces me to everybody in the office. I'm already looking at some corner there saying, wow, that's going to be a real nice office for myself. And uh, he takes me to the warehouse and he says, all right, here's where you're staying. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, yep, this is where you start. I, I said, wow, here we go. But it was the best lesson I could ever learn because I learned everything from the ground up, at least in the distribution level. Um, that's when I realized there were different sizes, different brands, and all that. And then from then on, he would teach me different aspects of the business. Here, now you can sit with the bookkeeper, uh, learn the books. Now you can go with the sales guys on the road, learn the sales aspect. All right, next month you're going to fly with me to Nicaragua. You're going to learn this uh, the, 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 uh, the, the manufacturing aspect. So pretty much via my uncle Carlos, I learned everything that, uh, that entails, um, you know, running a cigar operation. So where did you graduate college from Frankie? Barry university. Barry. Okay. So stay down in South Florida. Yes. And sir. all right. So you join and, and, and let me tell you before, let me tell you a quick story about uh, Carlos Torano. He and Charlie were on my show in Tampa. This has got to be at least 15 years ago, maybe longer. Could be 17, 18, something like that. So we're taking calls, and some woman calls up and says, Carlos, you may not remember my name, but we knew each other in Cuba. She says her name, and Carlos says, oh, my, absolutely I remember. Their families were very good friends. They hadn't spoken or seen each other probably in at least 40-some-odd years. Right. And, you know, you talk about a small world. It was incredible. And then he, he got her number, and they started, you know, conversing uh, off the air and just about all the family, friends. And, and it's really incredible that, you know, that a, a, a show on the alpha male lifestyle and cigars would reunite people that had left, fled Cuba, you know, in the late 1950s. But, 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 Dave, the problem is now, if you tell me there's a bunch of ladies that are calling me, I might get in trouble. So maybe you know, ah, okay. we'll, we'll keep it off the air, right? Uh, you just keep your harem of one. That's it. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute, Frankie. Haven't you ever heard of the one-mile rule? Uh, that, that'll be off it the used air to be also. The, it no, used to be the 50-mile rule, but I changed it. It's called the one-mile rule now. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, you, you go work for Tarano Cigars. How long were you there? I was there close to 10 years. They, uh, I don't know if you remember, of course, they, they sold the company. Uh, I do. And then my, uh, a friend of mine from high school, uh, his name is Carlos Diaz. He was, uh, he was sure. uh, from, from the family Puros Indios, the Rolando Reyes Indios, family. Right. He, he calls me up and he says, hey, man, I heard you're out of a job. And I said, well, I kind of am. Um, you want to come and work for me? I said, yeah, let's do it. I went to his office and, and I was there for another, I don't know, six, seven years. Right. Um, unfortunately, uh, Rolando Reyes passed away. Uh, you know, different things happened. I kind of got out of the industry. Uh, some way, somehow, AJ caught wind. I, I don't know who told him that I was a, a free agent, so to speak. Uh, this is about a little bit over four years ago. I think it was through Omar. There it is. Omar knew that I was a free agent because Omar and myself, we know each other because we're also youth basketball coaches. So Omar would see me at the park, and he told me, he goes, hey, you're not working anymore? And I said, no. He goes, you know AJ Fernandez? And I go, I know the name. But I don't really know him. He goes, um, well, you know, can you go? Can you go tomorrow to his office for an interview? I mean, this is just an impromptu thing. And I said, <laughs> I said, why not? I show up at the office the next day, and and it must have been like a five minute meeting. He just says, hey, I've heard a lot about you. You want to work here? I go, hey man, let's talk about numbers. He's like, don't worry about that. I, I got you covered. Just can you can you show up tomorrow? And I said, yeah. And and I've been there ever. I've been here ever since. And, you know, we should say that interviews in the cigar industry are very different than, say, it. you know, if you're getting interviewed by Corporate a bank. Or it's, <laughs> right, exactly, okay? You're not showing up with a resume or a tie, you know, I mean, you hey, know, on your I best showed up with, I showed up with a resume. I don't even think he read it. Yeah, he just got of, it. Of course he did, because, yeah, because everybody knows each file. other in the cigar industry. So a resume is really irrelevant. Everybody knows each other. Everybody's yeah. reputation really precedes them. And Frankie had a great reputation. And so, basically, you show up and boom five minutes you got it, it wasn't the kind of interview where he said so frankie tell me about yourself where are you from <laughs> no. where'd you go to school no, what are your at goals all. at all he what's said your heard attitude what's your attitude tomorrow. on sales and, and marketing i'm looking around like what omar was there and i'm and omar's like, yeah omar's like I'm yes like, well that's, yes. It. that's it okay we're done let's have lunch uh, but yeah. you know what the great thing is at any cigar interview what's the first thing they say you want a cigar of course, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, of course. So you, you, I say business is best transacted over a cigar because it really, I really believe this, that, you know, we all remember the adage that in Washington, D.C., you had all these smoke-filled rooms where people would make deals. The problem with Washington today is they don't have any smoke-filled back rooms. And back in the day, and even today, when you have people enjoying a cigar, people are... I think friendlier, they're more relaxed. It, it, it's like barriers come down. And I always say that a cigar is a wonderful bonding instrument because people can light a cigar. You may be from different walks of life, different uh, religions, different, uh, different socioeconomic status. But when you have that cigar, it's the great equalizing factor. Everybody's the same and, and everybody accepts everybody. That's why I say we always hear about diversity and, and you know that everybody should work together. You go into a cigar lounge or a cigar store, there's as diverse as you can get, and everybody gets along. It's amazing, yes, sir. Yep. Yep. And, Dave, having... and Dave, 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 that's that's what we do to you to calm you down when you come over here. Not only do we give you cigars, we give you Cuban food, so it's the perfect combination, right? And then the listen, I'm always calm. What are you talking about? I'm a Type B personality. I'm very quiet, very laid back, and very shy. Are you kidding me? No, actually, the truth is, I walked in and I'm like, okay, I need a box of this. I'll take a box of that. Hey, that's a nice ashtray. I'll take I'll take that ashtray. It's like I own the place. It's a beautiful. But you yeah. know what? That's the great thing. 
because the way I look at it is we're all friends. And that's the wonderful thing. I don't come down and say, geez, I'm meeting with uh, business clients or I'm meeting with associates in the cigar industry. No, I go down and say, I'm going to see, see my friends. And that's exactly what it is. And, and I couldn't stay for lunch, but you had lunch catered. And you're like, hey, you got to stay for lunch because uh, it's really that family atmosphere, which is great. I think in the cigar industry, it's one of the last industries that we see in America that isn't dominated necessarily by you know large corporate giants. Yes, there are large companies that own cigar uh, manufacturers. However, there's just as many boutique and and cigar manufacturers like AJ. And AJ is a big player. I mean, AJ is not what I would call a boutique, but it, no. it really is amazing that when people go in, they really want to do business. I really believe this with people they know, people they like, family-oriented companies, because there's no bureaucracy. They pick up the and, phone and, and they, call you. Let me add Frankie, something to and it. it. And as 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 crazy as it sounds, there are still handshake deals, and we're talking about Absolutely. big deals, and they're still done over a handshake. Absolutely, no question about it. You know, a, a great story that that uh, was told to me is that, uh, and I, I'm sure you know, the Oliva uh, tobacco family up in Tampa, uh, growing great tobacco in Honduras, Nicaragua, Ecuador. And they told me that to this day, they've never once had a contract with Arturo Fuente or J.C. Newman or several of the other manufacturers. It's a handshake. That's it. And they, they said they've never had uh, an issue with, uh, with collections or anything because it's, again, the people that you are doing business with, it's a very small, very tight, uh, close circle. Yeah, this is a very uh, very old school way of doing business uh, when your word meant something and um, less uh, litigation and whatnot and contracts. And, and it's, a, it's a really big component of this industry. Really big. Without a doubt, A.J. Fernandez is amongst the most highly touted cigar masters, cigar blenders, and cigar tobacco growers in the cigar industry today. Based in Nicaragua, he has multiple farms that grow exceptional cigar tobaccos, and he is able to expertly craft cigars that have great taste, great unique flavors on the palate. And in commemoration of the founding of the New World, he and his father, Ishmael, got together and created the New World line of cigars by A.J. Fernandez. There's an A.J. Fernandez, Connecticut, for those of you looking for a mild-bodied cigar. If you want a medium-flavored cigar that's got nice notes of spice with a bit of sweetness, the New World Cameroon would fit the bill. And Cameroon is a very difficult wrapper to get, tough wrapper to work with. A.J. has just absolutely hit it on the head with the New World Cameroon. And if you're looking for a cigar that's ultra flavorful, that's bold, that's got a very, very rich taste, the New World Oscuro would be the bill. So the New World has something for every palate. The New World Connecticut, the New World Cameroon, or the New World Oscuro. Check all the New Worlds out at AJFCigars.com. Omar and Frank, let me let me kind of change the conversation just a little bit, and let's talk about the regulation factor and what you have had to deal with. Because the easy part today, not easy, but let's the pleasurable part is growing the tobacco, is fermenting the tobacco, rolling the cigars, creating the the, the, the blends, the the brands. But now you've got all this other nonsense that we've had to deal with, and the industry has had some some nice wins uh, in court up in Washington D.C. But how has that made your life different and AJ's life different in terms of creating these cigars? 
I'll defer to Omar because thank goodness he he is the one that has spearheaded all these efforts, and he's the one that I mean I really haven't even looked into that. But Omar, you can take over on this one. I thank goodness he's here. He's taking care of all of that for us. Yeah, and, and Dave, even before I, I started working here, uh, back in 2016, when the FDA came down with with all these those 400 and some odd page document, and I read through it, I was I was uh, kind of behind the scenes helping AJ out um, to get everything in order um, because he is relatively new, and um, the interpretations and the and the you know it, it has changed and has evolved a lot since 2016. In reality, what what the FDA was was initially trying to do is to keep uh, tobacco products and even the, the more more so flavored and vape products out of the hands of of, of children. At that, at that time, was 18 and under. Now, federally, it's 21 and under. And um, and in reality, we talked to a lot of retailers. I mean, most of them tell you there's there's no kids coming in here to to, to buy premium cigars. I don't think they're buying them online. And uh, so now they're gonna now that we have this extension this pause, if you will, and, and reset and let's study um, what's going on. I mean, even the FDA has published a, a report stating that one or two cigars a day versus a person doesn't smoke the effects of nil. So it's now what are they going to look at? How many underage people are buying premium cigars? Well, it's, and here's, here's the analogy I use. Know. When was the last time you saw a kid on a playground, on elementary school or high school playground, firing up a San Latano? Never. No. Okay? no, no it's, you know, Never. They're vaping. They're what, what using the vaping seen, crap. I think it was last year. Uh, some somebody, uh, some high school or college or something. Uh, the team would celebrate with a with a cigar, you know, and, and it's it's um, and it was frowned upon, I guess, because some of the people were under eighteen. But um, it's 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 a celebration. It's it's a uh, it's different. It's not something that you're going to get a, a a quick high on. It. It's not what what uh it's not promoted to kids you know no, it's, so, it's cigars so premium I, I cigars really are like fine wines I, I feel like i'm glad that there's this this pause right now so we can regroup and and kind of get a better better rules to the game you know what what is the end game going to be and uh and then we can go forward and, and execute no no cigar premium cigar manufacturer has ever marketed to kids to underage youth uh, the vaping, the cigarettes with all the you know cockamamie flavors, they're the ones that are, are, are dealing with that. There's never been an issue where premium cigar companies have said, hey, let's go after that youth market. It doesn't exist. It doesn't nope. happen. The people but- in the premium cigar industry don't want teenagers. They don't want, in fact, most of the time, it's uh, now with the age of 21, I would say that most everyone that is smoking cigars today you have people that would start like I started in college once a week, you know, when I was uh, 19 smoking a cigar, you know, at the end of uh, the week at classes. But you rarely see even in college. There are some college cigar clubs, but primarily most of the people that consume cigars are above the age of 21. But I really believe this is the, and, and Omar, I know you agree with me because politically we're, we're aligned is that I get a kick out of many of these politicians that say, you know, uh, um, Americans that are 16 are smart enough to vote, yet, and they're also smart enough at the age of 18 to enroll, uh, to to enlist in the Army and the armed forces, to put their life on the line for their countries, yet at 18, they're not smart enough, they're not adult enough to be able to select a cigar to enjoy. That's total bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. 
Dave, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned uh, uh, cigar clubs. I can honestly say that I think I remember I was one of the first to sponsor a uh, college cigar club back in the early 2000s at Iowa State. They had a pretty big cigar club, and uh, and I had started to sponsor cigar clubs at different colleges around the country. Um, obviously, they had to be 18 and over. Obviously, that's changed. But I mean, you just uh, I just remembered that. Look, if you were harvesting corn all day on a farm, you'd want to join a cigar club too. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing, when we were, it's also, uh, it's the same thing with alcohol. When I was a kid, I mean, cigar smoking was was a normal thing, but the kids knew, you know, you can't smoke cigars until you're 18. If I see my dad drinking a beer, it doesn't mean I can drink it. I can't drink beer until I'm 18 years old. That's just the way it was. But let, let me let me let me point out something that I think is is a big problem in the United States because we have this prohibition mentality. Now you go to Europe where kids are exposed to wine when they're young, when they're 10, 11, 12, 13 at the table they parents have wine and they give a little sip to their kids. Kids learn to respect alcohol. My That's parents the did the same yes. thing. Now we you know we're a little line at the, at the holidays here have a little wine. I never ever abused alcohol i never you know my parents kept liquor there was no liquor cabinet per se there was i could add all the liquor i wanted but it's amazing the kids that are repressed whose parents have never exposed them to alcohol who keep every bottle of booze locked up i can't tell you the number of friends that uh you know that would come to my house and say your parents don't lock don't lock the liquor up i don't get this and they, the, forbidden they fruit, the forbidden fruit syndrome, right? It doesn't work. Right. They couldn't understand that. And I really believe, you look at Europe, they don't have all these alcoholic problems. If kids were exposed properly and reasonably at a young age, they would learn to respect alcohol, whether it's wine, whether it's beer, whatever the case is. But we've got this prohibitionist type of uh, philosophy in the United States that uh, a, a, a really... It's a it's a vocal minority that are the ones that jump up and down, and then the majority have to essentially kowtow to this vocal minority. And I think it's a it's a huge problem. But to me, I think that if we would actually bring a common sense approach, whether it's to cigars or to alcohol, this country would be certainly far better off. Amen. Yep. I'm often asked, General, I'm looking for a nice, mild, medium-bodied cigar that's not overpowering, that I can enjoy in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, maybe with some nice espresso or coffee or a nice scotch, cognac, port. What do you recommend? Very simple. The Gurkha Real. Cannot go wrong. Since the second the Gurkha Real was launched one year ago, it has become an instant hit, a huge seller. Why? Because it's consistent, it's smooth, the construction, the complexion of the cigar are delightful. It starts with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, a Dominican Olor binder to give it a touch of sweetness, and it uses Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. And the result is a cigar that has nice notes of creaminess, mild to medium flavor on the palate. On a 1 to 10, it's going to be in the 4 to 6 range, so it's not going to be overpowering. It's not going to be harsh. It's a cigar that will give you nice notes of sweetness that you can enjoy, as I said, any time of day or night. So if you're looking for a cigar that you can pass out to friends, to associates, to enjoy together with those that may not be experienced connoisseurs, the Gurkha Real 
would fit the bill. And for those of you that are experienced cigar connoisseurs, you too will enjoy the Gurkha Real. Gurkha Real, GurkhaCigars.com. All right, as we wrap up our conversation with Omar Fernandez, Frank Santos of AJ Fernandez Cigars, let me let me go back to Frankie. Frankie, as, as uh, Director of Marketing and Sales, really the last number of years has been booming for AJ Fernandez. I know when I spoke to you about a month ago, you said, General, we are so backlogged and, and backordered. Everything that's coming in is just being shipped out. So that's certainly a testament to you and your great sales force. So why don't you talk about uh, your responsibilities overseeing the sales and marketing end of AJ Fernandez? Well, it's, 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 it's tough when, when, when you have a back order problem because you need to supply everyone and, you know, you can't pick any favorites and whatnot. And, and it doesn't matter how big you are or how, or how small you are. We have a great relationship with all of our, our, our customers, all our retail and tobacconist uh, customers. Um, if I could, I mean, right now the demand is so big that if I could, we could have actually a night shift here because we have so many back orders uh, piling up that it's, it's just a crazy phenomenon going on. I mean, I think we're doing a great job. Also, uh, AJ's making some of the best cigars in the world. So if you couple that with the team that we have, you're going to have the success that we're having. And we are very grateful for it. We're grateful for, to all our, uh, our retail partners. They're doing a great job out there. Um, and, you know, it's a problem, but let me tell you, that's called a good problem. Well, you know, it's interesting because you tell me that AJ sometimes, unbeknownst to both you and Omar, We'll create a new size or or some experimental <laughs> brand, and next thing you know, in the container there'll be like you know a thousand boxes of a new cigar, and you have don't, to don't get me in trouble. Out. Don't get me in trouble. I'm not getting you in trouble. <laughs> I'm not getting you in trouble. But but to me, I think that's a great thing because now all of a sudden you've got a you've got a cigar manufacturer that is always trying and experimenting with new products, with new sizes, with new blends, and the reason that AJ can do that is because of the immense cigar tobacco inventory that he has because he's really vertically integrated. He has, he literally has his hands in all types of tobacco. Uh, Omar can attest to that. When you go to the factory, that man has tobacco from any, any region that can grow tobacco some way, somehow he's got some bales of that over there at, at Nicaragua. What AJ doesn't understand is there's a process when it comes to branding here in the United States. And that's where sometimes we get into little arguments. He's like, Hey, I made this brand. And, you just got to go sell it. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It doesn't, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? There's a, there's marketing that goes behind it. There's a strategy that goes behind it. So that's where sometimes we get into some, some, some fun, uh, some fun discourse. Right. But, but other than that, it's real fun because we'll get these blends that'll come in here and Omar will say, my goodness, how did he create this blend? It tastes nothing like anything else we have in our portfolio. Yeah. That's shocking to me at times when, when we, We'll try something and, and and remember what we were talking about earlier. So many people go to him for to man, for manufacturing, for blending, and and he'll come up with different blends for them to try, and they get to pick it. Now, for a lot of times, the one that he prefers for whatever the idea is, that might not be the one that's chosen. So now he's like, well, I'm really, really proud of this, and I really, really like this one, so we now have to do something with this because he's constantly experimenting, constant. I mean, we just got – we just right before we got on this – on, on this uh, interview, we got bombarded with pictures and videos of him testing out new blends. And you can see it in his face when he tries it. You know, it, it's that little smile because it, it's exactly what he what he was looking for. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling. 
and you know when, when people right, well, say uh, that, that he pays attention to detail, there's something that's really impressive about what he does. If, if you're ever down at the factory, I think he employs over 3,000 different people. And as crazy as it sounds, I think he knows everybody's name. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because we always talk about, you know, we, we hear so many politicians saying, oh, these big corporations and, you know, they're all evil. AJ started in a in a little shack, all right, barely with enough tobacco to roll cigars, and here he is, fifteen plus years later, three thousand employees, uh, you know, huge factory, and and, and Dave, Nicar- sorry, sorry to interrupt you. There's something that yeah. he's very, very, very proud of at, at his at his factory. There is also a uh, a clinic, so if anybody's sick, they have free health care. Also, there is a daycare. So everyone that has really? a young child that's still not of age to go to the regular school, they all have free daycare. It's all there at the at the factory. And again, no government had to interfere and order him to do that. He did that because he wanted his employees to be productive, to be happy. And to me, nobody sets out saying, you know, I'm sure when he, he started rolling cigars in the shack in Nicaragua, he didn't say, boy, I can't wait till I have 3,000 rollers and have 13 to 15 farms and this giant... He was just worried about making a good cigar and maybe selling 100 cigars or 500 cigars. But what happens is if you concentrate on the product and on the quality, amazing things happen that no Harvard Business School study could ever predict. It just doesn't work that way. That's correct. And that's, that's, that's what makes A.J. Fernandez so great today. Well, when this uh, Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus nonsense ends, we'll all have to go down to the factory and we'll have to uh, get A.J. on and record some interviews. And wh- wh- how often does A.J. come to the A.J. Fernandez uh, Durrell World Headquarters? It used to be more often, but, you know, since since the um, since the virus, it, he hasn't been able to come since, what, Mar- beginning of March? He left. Right, six months, um, yeah. Yeah, so he used to be here probably every other month. Okay. Um, that didn't spend a lot of time here because, again, he's so hands-on. Well, the last time he was here was, uh, I think, beginning of March. So he flies back to Miami. This is when the news starts heating up. I think uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID, and, and Omar calls AJ at, at night. AJ was staying at a hotel, wherever he was staying, and, he, and he's like, do you know what's going on? AJ's like, no, I don't know what's going on. He goes, there's a virus going on, and you might have to go home quickly because they might shut down the airports, and you might have to stay here. And obviously, we'd rather he go back to Nicaragua. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's where you want you want that's... you want him at the farms, and you want him at the factory. Yes, that's correct. We want him over there. Yes. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Well, AJ Fernandez week will continue this entire week. Our entire. Five days of light international cigar litation ceremonies are featuring A.J. Fernandez cigars. And Omar Fernandez, Frank Santos, will join us again Wednesday and again on Friday as we explore some of the newer A.J. Fernandez releases and the entire portfolio. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. 